0: Live from the TARDIS bathtub, it's Doctor Who Podshock for Episode 8, the week of Monday, the 26th of September 2005. I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? with Doctor Who Podshock. We've got another excellent, exciting edition of Doctor Who Podshock. My name's James Norton. I'm here today with Lewis Trapani, as ever. But unfortunately, unfortunately, uh, Ken Deep can't be with us today. He's out on assignment, so uh, we're wishing him all the best. And uh, so it's just going to be us two for today. And uh, I I believe we've got an interesting co-host, though, with us.
1: Yes, sitting in for Ken today, we have none other than Tom Baker.
0: Really, when you are. This really is absolutely sublime. Fantastic. It's great, to, it's great to have him here, as I'm sure all the fans out there will will, will be interested to have him here too. So then, uh, Lewis, you're our main man in terms of the news segments, but I understand that it's been a bit of a, uh, a quiet week when it comes to, to Doctor Who news. Uh, fill us in. What's been
1: going on? It's been very quiet. I mean, in fact, if you listen, you can you'll hear it it's nothing there's not very little news this week but <laughs> <laughs> the the first story is a bit of uh, late news, and we apologize for not getting it out sooner, but we did want to make a mention that um, Robert Moog had passed away last month at the age of seventy one uh, due to a brain tumor, and his name may not be familiar with Doctor Who fans, um, because he may not have um, been directly involved in the creation of the of the series but He's an important person to the series nonetheless. Uh, both He played an important role in, in both old and new series of Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and that's because um, he invented the Moog synthesizer, as well as other um, audio um, devices that really gave Doctor Who its signature sound effects and um, sound, overall sound. In fact, um, everything from d- various different revisions of the Doctor Who theme music to Special effects sounds to the famous or infamous Dalek sounds, uh, voices rather, uh, were made possible by inventions by Robert Moog. And um, for instance, like the Daleks, uh, their voices were created by speaking into a ring modulator, and this was invented by uh, Robert Moog. And um, so if it wasn't for Moog, the familiar Dalek voices that we know and love or despise would might be sounding completely different.
0: <laughs> mm, it, it is a sad day. It seems that with every passing week, we're mentioning someone who's famous in, in the Doctor Who world or someone who's close to, to our hearts that unfortunately has passed away. So, I'm, I, you know, it, it's very sad news. And uh, obviously, Robert was an incredibly clever man. I, you know, I couldn't begin to think of how to build a synthesizer, let alone one as revolutionary as to, to, to create the, the amazing sounds and, and uh, all the sort of signature music that we've we've c- known and love of, of, of Doctor Who. And, I mean, because everybody's sort of uh, taking their own take on it nowadays with with Who Mix Radio over at uh, TryElite.net, which is something that, that I love and I'd subscribe mm-hmm. to their podcast. And I uh, know you do. You do too, Lewis, so it yes. d- it's, it's a very sad, uh, sad couple of months. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I didn't know about this until I read it on our site, so Lewis was the first person who kind of told me about it, really, in a way. So, um, yeah, it's it's been sort of very played down in the press, but as you say, quite a few people perhaps wouldn't know who he was, so but
1: yeah, nonetheless,
0: and- it was, you know, sad news.
1: Well, What we'd like to do is uh, play a clip of uh, some of the behind the scenes of the Dalek voices right now and um, we'll come back to you in a second 16
0: years ago Doctor Who cashed in on the electronic sound effects and the Daleks were born
2: Right Vera this is a little synthesizer it produces all sorts of peculiar noises but it can also be used to treat speech and the Dalek voice is obviously an actor's voice that we put through a ring modulator here and out comes a Dalek. So let's plug it up like that and you could well be on the way to becoming the first woman Dalek. Let's have a go. I
1: am a female Dalek I am a female Dalek
2: Well they do say that the uh, Female if the species is more sinister than the male, and I, I think, think you're you'd... right. It sounds like it. Yes, I, I think you've got that off pat.
1: <laughs> Tell me how you do K nine. Yes, same, same, like same
2: principle. Yes. Uh, the actor's voice is fed through a, a, this little device that m- makes him metallic and doggy, if you like. Yes. But the actor does contribute a lot to the dramatic content of yes. the yes. of the effect.
1: And that was from. Um... The recent release of Doctor Who at the bbc volume three it 's on c d You can pick it up and it has uh, it features that clip along with various other behind the scenes and radio interviews and um, actually, next week, when Ken is back we 'll talk more about that that c d
0: cool good stuff um, uh, it 's great I'm looking forward to it so, so
1: yeah uh, also in the news is the Boston Globe, which is a newspaper. Uh, surprisingly, coming out of Boston, Massachusetts, New York. <laughs> how strange. It doesn't yes. relate at all. Though. Weird. Well, they had put together a top science fiction television shows of all time list, and I don't know how they came about with the list and what criteria they used to make this list, but our favorite show, Doctor Who, has come in as number eight within, uh, in the list. So that's... Uh, Ranking within the top 10, Mm -hmm. which is um, it may, you know, you may feel it should have been, you know, a lower number, you know, more on the top of the list. But um, actually, considering that the series is not being shown, uh, the the original series hasn't been shown in the U.S. in some number of years now, and the new series has not been shown at all. Mm. In the US um, It's surprising that it made the list at all So we give really, kudos yeah. For it to, you know, making the list And coming in on, on the top 10 at that So um, the list is kind of strange On how it's made up There's lots of um, other shows that are included in the list um, Everything from Batman uh, The Man from Uncle And um, Wild Wild West And, um, you know, stuff that's not really strictly uh, Science right, fiction yeah. So, um so, But it's, um, it's an interesting list nonetheless. And if you want to check it out, go to our site, uh, GallifreyandEmbassy.org, or go through our backdoor, Podshock.net. And there's links to the article, and you can uh, see all the 50 shows that they rank. Um, but uh, I'm sure if the series was being shown in the U.S., and hopefully it will soon enough, Uh, This would be, you know, Doctor Who would probably be among the top three. Definitely within the top five, I would imagine.
0: I would have thought so. That was just going to be my question is that if the new series was brought out now, do you think it would be higher up in the sort of pecking order? And obviously,
1: I believe so. I think so, too. it's interesting enough that uh, the the revision of Battlestar Galactica is there as number two. And if you read the article, they said that um, this was actually that Battlestar Galactica was actually um, seriously considered for number one. And the only mm. reason it wasn't was because it was still a newbie show, and because it had newbie status, it <laughs> Star exactly. Trek went one yeah. as number one.
0: Yeah, but I I think that if the new series of Battlestar Galactica hadn't been released, then it's—I don't think it would have even been in the top ten.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The the original series is down there. I forgot what number, but it is in there. But I'm—I'm sure if the new series of Doctor Who was being shown on broadcast television or even on on cable or satellite here in the U.S., it would have gotten because the article, if you read it on when it mentions Doctor Who it has no acknowledgement of the new series it doesn't um i don't know who wrote the article it wasn't the byline wasn't present um wasn't there so um i'm not sure if the writer even knows that the, that doctor who is being produced again
0: well maybe you know it's uh, certainly been played down in the us press and i suppose the, the television networks are going to try and keep it that way because they don't want people to know i'm sure there are many doctor who fans out there but, you know, who sort of aren't like us, aren't hardcore, but like the original series, but don't know nothing of the new series. And don't, maybe you don't yeah. even know that it's out there, which is a bit of a shame, really. So... It is.
1: It is. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because unless you're really Internet savvy or, and you're really um, keeping up with Doctor Who news, you probably would not know if you're a casual fan that just watched the original series when it was um on pbs here in the u.s um or on the, it's when it had short stints on bbc america or sci-fi network you probably would never know that there was a new series that mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. um it's, it has been revitalized and it's um it's all grown up
0: yeah well I'm, i mean we could talk about this till the ends of the year but um i i know i'm 100% certain that it eventually it'll come round and be put on US television. It's just a case of when and I'm going to look forward to that day and uh, hopefully it'll get more people interested in Doctor Who and, uh, you know, maybe even interested in this podcast. So uh, yeah, it's, absolutely. it's always good to get more fans and more people to interested in the community that is uh, the international world of Doctor Who because, I mean, it's great that we've got listeners from all over the globe who uh, wish to contribute to the show and uh, we'll talk about that later in in the, in the feedback section mm-hmm. towards the end of the podcast but uh, i understand um, lewis that there's been some very sort of interesting news that i certainly wasn't aware about in terms of uh, doctor who toys something that we've been talking about quite regularly yeah. on the podcast
1: mm-hmm. If you recall in the past Pot shock episode we spoke about uh, the new the new series has brought on new toys and that we have fans old and new that are um that are seeking and um asking for these new toys and um and the toy retailers are worried about whether or not they're going to be able to keep the supply up. And in fact, we did put a poll on our site and um you know on what new toy would be on the top of your toy list. And those options were, the, you know, the sonic screwdriver, or the radio-controlled Dalek, uh, 3D character walkie-talkies, um, a talking TARDIS box, or if you choose not <laughs> a Grinch, I don't buy toys. <laughs> but... <laughs> You but steal so far... them instead
0: and spoil Christmas.
1: <laughs> 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 That's right. Uh, but interesting enough, or not surprising, or maybe maybe this isn't surprising. The Sonic Street Driver is way up there with eighty five percent of the votes going to uh, Sonic Street Driver being on the top of the mm-hmm. list. Mm -hmm. I wonder Um, where that is.
0: Mm. Costume parties (laughs) may be looming in the future.
1: (laughs) Very good. Yes. Um, Following behind it uh, as a distant second is the radio control Dalek. And um, in fact, um, one of the people that are regular on our forums is um, Natalie, and she had posted that um, she had ordered her radio control Dalek and she's looking forward to it. And um, I just wanted to make a mention that I did contact 10th Planet, which is a uh, retailer in the UK that is selling the the Dalek, and in fact she actually ordered it from them. And we have links to 10th Planet on our site, and that once again that's either Gallifreyan Embassy dot org or net, you can get to our site and um, find links in our links section, and you can visit. Um, they will ship to the U.S. I don't know what the shipping costs are, but they will do that. So if you're interested in getting mm-hmm. a sonic screw- screwdriver or radio-controlled Dalek, um, now is the time to order one. Um, yeah, well, I mean,
0: I know there's been a huge demand for them in the in the U.K., as your the story that you're going to mention in a bit will relate to, because... I mean, I know they've been released here for a while, but I ordered my Sonic screwdriver a few weeks ago, and I've still not got it yet. I'm still waiting for it. So um, hopefully Amazon will get on over and uh, deliver it to us uh, sometime soon, and I can do a review of it maybe on the podcast. Cool. Because it seems to be the one that people are most interested in, other than the remote control Dalek, which I I guess is more for, for the kids.
1: Well you know there's a interesting story on um it's expressandstar.com and um we'll include a link to it in our show notes for this show um the article is titled Dalek set to fly off the fest of shelves. and it's pretty interesting um in you know they speak of the remote control dalek being in such high demand and um and other dalek toys and um they interview the shop manager there Craig D- Craig Dresher um, who said we're selling Doc T-shirts and they're they're exterminate they they are exterminating many other designs and um, they are proving to be very popular and we are glad to have them come and terrorize us, <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty interesting because um, and and this predates myself and James and if Ken was here as well because if you go back um, to 1963 1964. Uh, Britain was um, was taken over by what's known as Dalek Mania, and it was really the hottest toy. And here we are, 40 years later, mm-hmm. and it's still the hottest toy. And mm-hmm. and how many other toys can you say that? It's just um, it's incredible the staying power that the Daleks have in in um, in the toy industry.
0: Right. I mean, the only thing that I can think of in recent memory. Is things like maybe the Care Bears—that certainly wasn't a big thing um, here in the UK—but I understand it was quite a big thing in the US. That there was a yeah, bit of it, a rejuvenation and people, mm-hmm. you know, fought over these things. So,
1: yeah. But even that, I think, maybe was the 80s. The Care Bears originally came out. I mean, I, I'm yeah. not a fan. Yeah, it's, it's I,
0: not as long as a time, but I mean, they've been I come mean, back recently, haven't they? But even then, it's not as long stasting as uh, as the Daleks.
1: I mean, you have board games like Monopoly, but as far as like toys go, I mean, sure you have train sets, and um, but as a particular toy being this popular for so many years, um, I, I Mister Potato Head comes to mind, or Slinky. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah, but it, it, you know, there's always consistently at Christmas time, certainly a toy that's just like wipes everything else out. And although, yes. although Monopoly and Mister Potato Head, etc., will be popular uh, forever, and probably. For as long as we'll be alive you know there's always a, a hit toy of the um of the the, the year and i'm sure that the that this dalek will certainly here in the uk will be um up in the top 10 if not number one i think of for christmas time especially with the christmas invasion episode even yes. though it doesn't really yeah. feature daleks as far as i'm aware but
1: well, Might you know, it's, 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 a, it's a huge nod to uh, both Terry Nation and um, Raymond, um, forgetting his last name, um, who designed the Dalek. Mm. And, um, you know, and the series for, uh, um, you know, for the popularity of the Dalek saying, um, as vigilant vill- as it has been.
0: I mean, it's it's quite an irony when you think about it, because um, it's very ironic when you think about it, because the BBC were having a bit of trouble um, getting the Daleks on the new series because Terry Nation's estate was quite opposed Mm -hmm. to the idea. And, I mean, it was big in the news. Um, Yeah, that's right. Lots of fans were protesting and saying you cannot have a new series of Doctor Who without the Daleks. And, you know, so I think even, uh, as we've talked about this before, but there was obviously several endings to the series written up because – they didn't know whether or not they'd be able to use the Daleks, and they only heard sort of halfway through. I think when they were um, when they were uh, yeah. uh, filming in, the show in, in
1: production, yeah,
0: yeah, that they that they knew that they could go ahead and do the Dalek episode, which is which is episode six for us. So I think that was recorded late on, along with obviously Bad Wolf and Parting of the Ways and things like that. So it's quite interesting that obviously, I mean, I know that the toys have been a bit um, delayed in terms of. Uh, coming out along with the new series, but um, you know it just goes to show you that perhaps this is because of the fact that they that they were delayed knowing whether or not they could come out with the Daleks really but
1: mm-hmm. but there
0: we are it 's all interesting news it 's all interesting news
1: absolutely yeah,
0: following on well, from that actually i 've got a bit of, of uh, sort of other news it 's not really sure. major news if, if you don 't mind mm-hmm. like me yet, saying so, Lewis is that um, going along the lines of Doctor Who monsters. You, you may remember, if you're a particularly hardcore fan of, of, the, of the Podshock podcast and uh, regularly visit the site, that I, I uh, posted an article on the main page about uh, Doctor Who fan films and where you can find some decent ones. Yes. And uh, there's, there's a group called uh, Westlake Films uh, here in the UK who are actually very close to me in terms of locality. And uh, they've done some fantastic fun films like Star Trek vs. Doctor Who, which is the main one that I mentioned in the article and in the in the podcast, I believe. And they've just released a new um, sort of series. It's called The Alton Diaries. And uh, <laughs> Lewis and I have just watched it before the show because Lewis hasn't seen it before. And, you know, what, what did you think to it, Lewis? Did you enjoy it's- it?
1: i certainly it's very clever very creative and um it you know it's it's a doctor who spin-off where the, uh the doctor is not really featured in it but it's so funny and it's still connected to the series um mm-hmm. uh, you know anyone that's a fan of the series will certainly enjoy watching this
0: yeah you all the geeks like us will, will get all these sort of inside jokes and stuff and and even if not you'll get you'll get references this references to terminator and so on and it's it's all good fun. It's only a, a short film. It's only like I don't know between 10 and 15 minutes yeah. long. Yeah. So uh, check it out. Uh, we'll post a uh, link to it in the show notes. So, Absolutely,
1: uh, yeah. Yeah, th- um no no, I just I was just going to comment, you know, that um you know, we were just talking before about um about Dollar Toys and how they have st- stood the test of time. Um, and you can say the same thing about um, fan films, you know, with Doctor Who. It's, it's it's incredible that, you know, the series still inspires, you know, uh, local filmmakers and um, independent filmmakers to, um, you know, to produce these fan films that mm-hmm. they ob- obviously have a passion for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great to watch them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, you know, do, do, don't just check out The Orton Diaries if you're there. There's, as I've mentioned before, there's a great... Uh, Series Star Trek versus Doctor Who, which is incredibly funny. If, if you're from the UK, you'll immediately notice that it's in the style of of Banzai, a popular comedy show from a few years ago. And also, they've got their own um, Doctor Who stories in their own right, where you'll notice the same actors throughout the uh, throughout the set of series because it's it's done by fans and it's they're very well done. Uh, you know, my only real criticism is that they're done in uh, Windows Media format as opposed to to QuickTime, but other than that, they're they're fabulously produced yeah. for mm-hmm. a small independent filmmaker, just a group of guys and who get together for a laugh to do this sort of thing. So, yeah, check it out. I'm sure you'll enjoy it as uh, as we do here on Doctor Who PodShock.
2: We'll be right back with more of Doctor Who PodShock after this. Stay where you are.
0: So. Um, now i think it's time for a, a bit of a feature um recently we we recorded an interview with uh, a wonderful chap called tom Dillahunt, and if you know anything about podcasting he's kind of the podfather in terms of uh, doing doctor who podcasts and uh, we managed to to get an interview with him which we were very felt very privileged about uh very recently me and lewis so uh, yeah what are your thoughts on it lewis
1: yeah it is a delight to have uh tom on our show and um he as we had mentioned in the past he does a his own uh Doctor Who podcast called uh podcast who where he features um who casts every now and then um on a regular basis which um, explores the series and he does reviews and i believe i i haven't listened to his latest episode but i uh, believe it's up to twenty five or twenty six and it features a review of um spearhead from space if i'm not mistaken yeah
0: it's he does a great uh, podcast it's he does quite frequent regular updates as well
3: yes um, yes
0: which is good as, as a doctor who fan it, I, I listen to it on the way to work and stuff in the morning and i, I really enjoy it uh, he's, he's he's a very talented bloke and uh, very I,
1: friendly um fellow that and and he, you know and he also um, just like our show includes submissions from other listeners, so you know you 'll get some takes on other people 's point of views and um, anyway, so we had a chance to interview him, and we 're going to play that interview right now and um you know i 'm sure that you 'll enjoy it, and we 'll be right back, yeah.
0: So we're back with uh, Doctor Who Podshock, and uh, also we're very privileged today to have uh, a guest on the show. We're incredibly privileged to have with us uh, Tom Dillahunt from the fantastic Podcast Who. He, he is the man who started it all in terms of uh, podcasting with Doctor Who, so uh, welcome, Tom. It's great to have you here. Thank you ever so
3: much for being here. Well, welcome, or thank you, James, and thank you, Lewis. I mean, it's a privilege to be on your show. It's uh, I'm just glad to see uh, podcasting get out to the Doctor Who community a lot more and a lot more thoroughly than it has been in the past. Exactly, because I mean, you've been you've been uh, online since about April, isn't that right? Or- yeah, April. Yeah. April was the first time when I when I stopped uh, when I quit doing my Comic Geeks podcast and uh, dedicated everything my podcasting solely to Doctor Who to podcast Who. Wow, because
0: that's that's what you originally started out on this this comic book uh, podcasting. How, yeah, how, I, how did I, it work out?
3: Well, it was it was good. I. I... What I did is, uh, learning about podcasting last December, I figured I've always wanted to do uh, a podcast with, uh, or I wanted to do some kind of show, whether it be cable access TV or even local radio, on comic books because you don't see it out there, and I wanted to find a way to get my my best friend in Milwaukee and I were, we've been we've known each other for 15 years and big comic book geeks and science fiction geeks and mm-hmm. uh, with. I, we wanted to put something together. Well, we just—I decided to. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put together a podcast, and it seemed simple enough. And did the research online, and uh, put together a, a name called Comic Geeks, the Comic Geeks, and. During that, I was trying to, you know, going through the growing pains, trying to find out how to best hook up. My buddy didn't have internet access at uh, back where he was at in Milwaukee, so uh, we would use Skype, and I'd Skype out to his cell phone to do, we'd talk about our, you know, whatever was going on in comics, like what we picked up that week, what we thought, and other news, and I just could never get a good signal with him. Mm -hmm. And so I decided in the meantime, while I was doing my comic picks, well, I'm going to talk about Doctor Who because the new series was coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's always been my passion. So I did a couple of the Comic Geeks episodes just solely on Doctor Who. And the feedback I got from my listeners at the Comic Geeks is, Tom, just go ahead and do a Doctor Who podcast. Why don't you just (laughs) do one for that? And I said, you know what? I will. And so I started podcast two, and I think my first episode – it was like episode 3 or 4 it may maybe yeah episode 3 i think um with uh um, the comic book charles guys. dick and the unquiet dead uh, oh, no right, actually right, well right. the uh, for solely for podcast 2 um i did you know i started podcast 2 with episode 3 the unquiet dead mm-hmm. and just went on from there and mm-hmm. just dropped the comic geeks completely and um, uh just stayed with podcast 2 wow well
1: we're glad you did um it's an excellent show. Um, I mean, it was good to have you uh, podcasting back with the, with the new series airing and, um, you know, getting your take on it and getting listener feedback then. And, um, you know, you really pioneered the way. But, um, <clears throat> but I know this isn't your first um, foray into Doctor Who. You've been a fan as long as we've been fans here. Um, oh, I should say myself. And Ken, uh, I know you started getting into the show back in the mid 80s
3: as well. Actually, I think the first time I saw it was in on a PBS sh- station in Par- Park Falls, Wisconsin, in northern Wisconsin, uh, back in 1979, 1980, is wow. when I first, uh, the first episode I saw, actually, and I do remember this specifically, was Sontar and Experiment. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, oh, right. It <laughs> was, that was the first one. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a friend of mine. Two weeks before, a kid I hung around with said, Hey, I I just saw this show on PBS, and this guy, he he changed his faces. And I'm like, Change his faces? Yeah, I I saw it. And, you know, this this old white haired guy uh, changing this guy with his curly hair and a long scarf. And I said, And so two (laughs) weeks later, I I popped it on after coming home from church. It was always on. As soon as I got home from church, I'd have to run into into my bedroom, my little black and white TV, cables or stereo cables all over the wall because park falls was 70 miles away from my home and i lived in the middle of the woods and my brother and i had this elaborate setup so we could pick up the pbs station i, I wouldn't even take my, my my clothes off i think i was 12 years old at the time and shot in and would and watch the Santaran experiment my brother and I were like this is pretty cool mm-hmm. and then i every sunday that's where I would be right in the back room after church, watching Dr. Who and eventually start taping it with the VCRs that mm-hmm. we just got back then. Sure. And of course my dad's yelling at me, you're moving the antenna, you're moving the VCR, <laughs> you're ruining everything. And, and I had all the Tom Baker episodes and uh, finally when, uh Legopolis came on and I saw Tom Baker regenerate to peter Davidson I was just in awe yeah it's like whoa <laughs> you
0: you understood the whole face changing thing cuz obviously the first time the first thing that you heard about was obviously the the planet of the spiders where that mm-hmm. you regenerated into John Pertwee you regenerated into Tom Baker even though you yeah. have not seen that so yeah, well, yeah. Tom-
1: Tom, I I believe you and I are in sync with this because uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking with Ken after the show about um, how we first discovered Doctor Who. And for me, it was the same time. It was uh, about 1979. It was the um, late 70s. And for me, it was um, a a local, it wasn't PBS. It was a local um, syndicated channel here um, known as, um, when I say here, I mean in New York, uh, Mm -hmm. WOR. Um, R uh, okay. it's Channel Nine here on the on the local stations. They had it on Saturday mornings at like around eleven o'clock AM and I had a paper route at the time and at any time I'd get home early enough from delivering the papers, I would tune in and I believe my first story was uh Seeds of um Seeds of Death or Seeds of Doom. No. Oh. is it Seeds of Death or Seeds, seeds of, of doom? doom. I think Seeds of
3: Doom. I with sometimes Criden crin- yes. Crinoid or Crinoid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that was my and then um You know, then unfortunately it wasn't on anymore. And then it was the early 80s that PBS kind of took the ball with it. And that's when I really started getting into it.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, I think PBS in 80, well, it was uh, 83, um, that would have been my junior year in high school. They, um, after the uh, 20th anniversary when Five Doctors came on, they actually had a special um, for that. Because uh, we didn't see Peter Davis. We didn't see Castro Valva After Legopolis happened, mm-hmm. it re-went back to Tom Baker. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it ran through the whole Tom Baker again. Yeah. And for a fundraiser, they threw on the five doctors. And it was, it was shortly after mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it was actually released that yeah, we saw it here via Lionheart. Yeah. And I remember going home again. Actually it actually was a Saturday or Sunday evening. And uh, my dad had some chore for me to do. My mom's like, "Let him go. He's got posters of this whole five doctors sings all over the bedroom. <laughs> Just let him do it. He'll get his chores done later." And sure enough, I did. And I ran back in the room. Actually, I put it in the front living room so I could watch it on the color TV, and wow. uh, and taped it. And then I, I got to tape the whole thing. And. Uh, I think that's when they had the 20th anniversary special magazine. If you donated to PBS at that point, they give you the 20th anniversary uh, as magazine premium, yeah. as a premium. And of course, I you know I saved up money for a couple of weeks because uh, I think 50 bucks you know 50 bucks back then was like 200 bucks today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I just <laughs> had my, tw- I just had my 20th high school reunion, so I'm really feeling old at this point. Uh, but yeah, I hate uh, them to that on the on your podcast. Oh yeah, and they're like, "Do you?" St-? And I don't mean to sidetrack, but some of my friends are like, "You used to wear that that darn, you know, that darn scarf." I said, "Yeah, I lost I it." <laughs> but but I still I still watch Doctor Who, and they're like, "Oh no." <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it was, and I just, I, st- I stuck with it ever since through college and, and all that. Mm. Uh, did you go to the conventions at the time? You know, I have never been, and I have to say this, I may be a huge Doctor Who fan, but I'm a, I'm a horrible Doctor Who fan when it comes to conventions. I've never gone to a convention.
1: Really? Wow. I'm,
3: never, I'm, I'm a small town Wisconsin boy by trade, uh-huh. um, and but I actually I'm looking uh, this uh, fall to go to Chicago TARDIS. Yeah. Uh, by alien entertainment out in chicago mm-hmm. yeah um, i'm looking to do that uh, and that will actually wow. be my first doctor who convention wow. um, i'm hoping to go out to gallifrey one um, out in los angeles maybe maybe you know if, if if i'm able to do so but uh definitely i'm going to hit chicago tardis this year
1: well you know it's, it's hard to get to conventions if you're located you know in an area where conventions are not usually you know nearby so it's understandable you know i I, once I traveled to Chicago myself, this is, again, going back 20 years ago um, for November 85, and um, it, was a, it was a great show. Mm.
3: Yeah, and I, um, I used to—I've been in retail uh, after college most, uh, most of my adult life, and uh, the Chicago TARDIS used to be the weekend— after thanksgiving, thanksgiving yes, exactly and, well that's I, blackout time sure. we, that's the busiest time in retail i mm-hmm. could never go absolutely um, and i was a uh, game con used to be in milwaukee and so i used to i i unfortunately my business at the time we used to do all the promotions all the brochures and and uh copying for all of the um uh, vendors there so i could never go to any of the game con shows you know by tsr uh so i yeah work has always gotten involved and so this year i said nope i'm take- it's a week before thanksgiving i took the time off it's already allocated i'm going good
0: for you. yeah good man so um sidelining from from conventions and so on have you actually ever been to london and been to things like the who shop and just just toured around there to to see sort of uh, the many sort of doctor who uh, pilgrimages
3: if you like for for fans i have fans? I have only dreamed. I have only dreamed <laughs> well, that it's that a is something. Dream. Yeah, I'm, I, in the next ten years or so, I do want to get over to London. I'm waiting for my little girl to grow up a little bit, and uh, I definitely do want to go over there. And yeah, and it essentially to me it would be a pilgrimage. Yeah. Um, mm. You know, be able to do something like Richard Bobbs did, where he got the tour of the BBC by Lindsay Kerr and got to stand inside the old prop tartist like the old Tom Baker, mm-hmm. uh, Peter mm. Davidson prop tart, and do a podcast from inside there. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that. that was really cool.
1: Yeah, that, yeah. That, that was excellent, yeah.
3: Oh, Jimmy actually emailed me, uh, his buddy Jimmy emailed me and said, hey, somebody told me about uh, your podcast, and here, Richard was inside a TARDIS, come listen. <laughs> and I emailed him back, I said, Richard, you, know, you suck, you know, you know in, in, nice, in nice terms, because <laughs> sure. I was I was so jealous, I was so yes. jealous. Yeah, well, so, along, along
0: the similar lines, I mean, uh, aside from going to the, to the BBC, we've just talked about on uh, – on the po- uh, podcast uh, seven, PodShock Seven, we uh, there are loads of people uh, from New York and all over going to, to regenerations in in Swansea, which is a huge uh, Doctor Who convention here in the UK.
3: Yeah, and that's and, that's coming up this week, isn't it? Or in the next right, couple of weeks? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, uh, I believe uh, by the time that. Uh, this podcast gets out it will probably be already have been oh yeah gone. that's right yeah but um you know we're ever so envious I mean I, I plan to go <laughs> but uh you know things have gotten ahead of me and and, and I know there's there's quite a, f- a few people from Doctor Who New York um going and uh obviously Ken and Lewis would, would love to go as well so it's, it's just a shame but things like that do happen when you just you can't uh, find the time and things creep up on you you know but uh, I believe it's 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 pretty much sold out <laughs> anyway. So so there we are. But the lineup's
3: fantastic. Maybe yeah, we can get a, uh,
1: a group discount to London if Tom, Ken, and myself—you know—we all plan together.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, let, well, let, should, let's let's talk on. to the airline, see what we can do. <laughs> we'll 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 uh, we'll call we'll call Adam Curry, see if we can get any of his frequent flyer mileage on Virgin and uh, <laughs> borrow it from him. Well, you can always stay, come and
0: stay stay with me, you guys, and uh, cut down on the older uh, accommodation costs. I'd uh, love to have you over. It would be uh, an interesting uh, couple of weeks. Hey, I'd, b- I'd
3: buy all the pints for that week if you did that, so. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> I'd be, come over then. And... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll bribe my way if I have to, you know.
0: <laughs> no, honestly, you know, I'd, I'd love to have you guys. I'm sure it's going to happen because we have pretty much got all, all the time in the world, you know, and uh, – you know, I'm, I'm sure that your daughter would love to come over, as you, as you say, when she's, she's uh, when she gets a bit older. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'd you'd really love it. I, I certainly. I mean, I live uh, probably between 200 and 300 miles away from from London, so I only get to go down uh, sort of once a year, if that. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's a great place to visit. It really is. I always have a fantastic time.
1: Okay, we're back with Dr. Who Pachak. That was uh, our interview with Tom Dillahunt of Podcast Who. That was part one of our interview. Come back next week when we'll play part two, and I'm sure you're going to want to hear it. So, um, so definitely come back next week for that. Before I go to James, I should just make a mention that uh, you can find all the links to Podcast Who, uh, and I believe you can go to podcastwho.com, but all the links will be on our website, um, and that's pachak.net or CaliforniaEmbassy.org, check it out. So, James, I'm sorry, um, I believe you have a review that, of a book, a new Doctor Who book that you wanted to speak about. Yeah, I wanted to
0: originally do it uh, last week, but we were having such fun that uh, we got swept away with time, so um, I'm going to go ahead and do it this week. And uh, it's of a, a great book by uh, Jack, uh, Jacqueline Rayner, and it's it's a book called Winner Takes All. Of course, it's it's of the new uh, set of Doctor Who books uh, featuring the Ninth Doctor and Rose. And um, it's it's a, a very intriguing book. It's, it takes place in the present day in London, uh, obviously in Earth, and uh, it features uh, Mickey, who Rose's boyfriend, as well as uh, her mother uh, Jackie. And uh, they they just initially stop off to to say hello to to Jackie uh, to Rose's mum Jackie, but uh, they become intrigued by a particular latest craze, uh, where basically it's almost like a lottery, where you buy certain things in town, and uh, it's just as a, a local phenomenon where supposedly this marketing company is uh, testing out. Uh, this particular scheme of of scratch cards whereby you go and buy something and you get a scratch card and you'll scratch it off and you'll win a prize perhaps or perhaps you won't. And uh, basically the main prize seems to be uh, either a holiday or uh, a video game uh, which is known as Death to Mantodeans which is basically this this all uh, all one console which of course you plug into your television like you would do with a, a playstation 2 or an xbox or whatever and they wonder if it's as harmless as it seems because you know obviously uh, you never really get something for nothing and uh, is it as harmless as it seems or is there something more sinister going on in the background uh, you know why are so many people going on these holidays and never returning you know it's it's very very a very interesting book um Goes very deep into this sort of uh, alien world and an alien war that's raging on, and uh, these particular uh, group of aliens called the queevils, who are the sort of mascots of of this particular scheme in London, who are who look like porcupines, and also these these Mantodeans, who are who are basically almost like giant praying mantises, and they're, they're searching the galaxy for these cunning. Uh, warlike peoples uh, trying to uh, establish how they relate to this particular scheme and this lottery. So it makes a very interesting reading. Um, it's particularly cheesy in areas. Um, there's, uh, they introduce a, a new character who's uh, sort of a, almost a, a main character alongside the Doctor and Rose and Jackie and Mickey. And uh, they introduce him in sort of almost a, a Harry Potter type way, which I'm not a, a particularly huge fan of Harry Potter, but it, it was very cleverly done, and, and when you're reading these books, you have to envisage that, obviously, they're being written for a very uh, wide range of age groups, trying to appeal to a whole lot of people, but obviously the main groups of people who they'll be trying to appeal to will be um, people, that uh, be young children. And um, it is... Of the other two books that I've read, obviously being *The Clockwise Man* and *The Monsters Inside*, it is a particularly gory book. Um, I remember um, certain people mentioning uh, when they'd read the books on our website, saying that it was they were quite surprised at how uh, sort of gory some of the, the books are and, and the, the language that they use. Can be quite sensitive to children, even though they're going to be the main main audience. So uh, obviously, if you're going to read this to your children, you know, please, you know, use it like a parental guidance. Just maybe uh, take it with a pinch of salt. It uh, will have certain adult themes because, as I said, it's quite difficult to to sort of obtain a balance between uh, interesting us older fans and also uh, keeping young children enthralled in the book but it's it it's a very it poses some very interesting concepts and uh, almost questions are in reality and the the way that we think about the world which is is a very interesting concept to, to bring into a, a book such as this as well as the sort of fantasy um element to it, but at the same time, I think it's important every once in a while personally myself to involve children in books in a way that makes it quite gruesome because I remember being a child um and, and always loving very gruesome books. They they make it alive, especially things like Horrible Histories, making history alive, making it gruesome, uh, was a, a very popular favourite of, of mine as a child, and also Roald Dahl's books, which is perhaps why people are enjoying Harry Potter and things nowadays. Mm-hmm. But again, has such a, a wide range of, uh, of fans, being them young children and, and the elderly, and everything in between. So it is a very very good read. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, It probably, out of the three books that I've read so far, is is, uh, comes in uh, number three actually. uh, Having said that, but don't let that discourage you from reading it because um, again, it's fabulously well written. It's uh, obviously the the characters of Doctor and Rose are very, you know, we know about them already. from the television series, and there's a lot of references to the television series, so people who've watched the, uh, the show on, on the telly will know exactly what things are talking about. And also it, it, it's got made a lot of reference to that, the mannerisms of the characters uh, that perhaps you wouldn't necessarily understand in the book. Um, mm-hmm. But if you've seen the television series, you'll understand implicitly. But
1: yeah. um, um, James, now you had mentioned it introduced a new character is this a, a companion
0: no no it's just for the book I, i'm sorry okay. i should have mentioned um although i have to say that i i have bought and have read one of the book of of the new set of series it's almost one that accompanies this set because originally they only released three but now there are six because they released another additional three and i've read one that i'm going to review uh, hopefully next week um and they all feature captain jack which is oh, okay. which is very cool, which I cool. thought was something that was lacking, which was one of my main criticisms, although I didn't point it out in my review, that they didn't include Captain Jack, but I guess they were kind of building up to that, especially as the books were released certainly here in the UK at the time before Captain Jack was introduced to the television series, so I guess they didn't want to disappoint people who, had, who were reading the books at the same time as watching the series
1: so um since these books are of the ninth doctor do they sort of explain where they take place like or when they take place like within certain stories or that's just kind of
0: um i believe they're all certainly are after the um second or third episodes of the main Mm -hmm. series that's apparent because the first book that i that i reviewed was um the monsters inside and that that was quite clear that this was there 's rose 's first alien world, so we know that it must have taken place after uh, at least the unquiet dead yeah um, so we we know that that 's going to be the uh, certainly after that, and so at the same point we know it 's got to be before the empty child from from books one to three because captain jack isn 't introduced, so I believe the how it goes is that from one to three is somewhere between. Um, the Unquiet Dead and The Empty Child, and also the, the the next set of books, which is The Stealer of Dreams, Only Human, and The Deviant Strain, or The Defiant Strain, sorry, I, I can't remember. I think it's The Deviant Strain. Um, that's the book that I've just read and will review next week, is that um, that's when Captain Jack appears. That must uh, be after The Doctor mm-hmm. Dances, or possibly after Boomtown. So it's very cleverly, all the books, even though written by different authors, um, apart from Justin Richards, um, who uh, I believe wrote the last book that I read, The The Deviant Strain, and he also wrote, um, I think it was The Clockwise Man, which uh, Chris reviews last week, that uh, it all ties in fabulously well within the series. They, They all must have... Collaborated with each other incredibly well because it, it really does come off. you could almost have you could almost believe that it was the same author that wrote all of these books as a whole
1: yeah mm-hmm.
0: so I think that it 's incredibly well done um, i can 't praise these enough, even if you 're just a um, a casual sci fi fan I think these will be a great w- a platform almost to introduce you to the world of Doctor Who um, and it is very interesting. My, my main criticisms of this book, though, is pretty much what Chris said last week, is that obviously we know that the Doctor and Rose and their characters, which have a, a huge depth to them, even from the books without thinking about the, the television series, um, is that the, the other lesser characters, we, they're um, less predictable in what they're going to do. Um, which is kind of exciting in one way because um, you know it, it adds an, an element to the story, an extra a dimension that you don't perhaps know what's going sure. on, particularly mm-hmm. for a child. But it's also it brings that kind of insecurity to the books in that you're kind of always wondering, you know, where is this going? Is this having a, a particularly um, a particular logical uh, plot to it? Because quite frankly, you know, up until the, the last sort of chapters. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. You're worried that, that, that it's kind of good in a way because it keeps you on the edge of your seat and you're wanting to constantly read through it. But in a way, it's, almost, it's kind of bad as well because it means that you get through a book really quickly <laughs> because, because you're, you're wanting to know what's going to happen because there's two chapters to go and it seems almost quite frankly, you know, how's the Doctor going to get out of this one? How's, how's Rose going to get out of this one sort of thing? So it's very interesting to see how it pans out. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would be in favour of that. But uh, I, to, I would rather have a larger book with a bit more background to certain characters who are fundamental to each story. Um, and I, it was, to be honest, it was quite well done in Weird Takes All. I just think that it was the style for me that I didn't particularly like um, in mm-hmm. terms of the way that, that this, this uh, third character uh, was introduced because it almost seemed for a while that, you would, that perhaps the publisher had gotten the wrong book mixed up um, with uh, with with this book because you, you you turn over to another chapter and it's just completely different style of writing. Um, right. the, the book kind of deals with this in terms of putting it in, in italics, and this this third character of Robert sort of introduced in that way and in in the very sort of as I said before Harry Potterish way. But it kind of threw me off a little bit because um, I wasn't uh, sort of expecting that but sort of that, style, yeah. uh, just mm-hmm. a complete. Uh, change of style, something that was thinking completely out of the box but I'm sure other readers might like this this is just a a criticism on my part but nonetheless fantastic book as all of them are very well written, I think it's going to get three and a half TARDIS groins out of five (laughs) if uh, if, um, Chris doesn't mind me uh, nicking his fantastic idea of uh, using TARDIS groins for, uh, for rating
1: we really love that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I love it too. I think it's it's credit where it's due, Chris. I would have never have thought to, to do that, and I think it's it's great that you, you've cottoned onto such an, an obviously brilliant thing. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: And I hope that he doesn't mind us using it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, great book. If you it's obviously if you've read the other books, it's it's a must for your series, um, and it kind of leads well into the next book, um, the Deviant Strain. Um, which I believe is by Justin Richards. I don't actually have it to hand at the moment, um, but I will—I'll uh, check that out and uh, do another review of it next week. Hopefully, if if we've got time on Doctor Who Podshock, so uh, okay. stay tuned for that. So we've got we've got all sorts next week.
1: Well, thank you so much, James. It was an excellent review once again. And uh, um, you sir. So um, we'll be right back with uh, listener feedback. <laughs>
0: Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic.
1: And we're back with Doctor Who, Podshock. And now we're going to go to our much appraised, well, much, <laughs> I'm just babbling here, <laughs> our, <laughs> our much talked about feedback section. And it's talked about because um, we keep getting feedback from you, which we love and um, keep it up. So uh, just as a, um, a little preface, if you want to send us feedback, you can send it to podshock at org, or better yet go to our website at org, or alternatively podshock.net and we have a wonderful forum section there so uh, you can post your feedback and other people can respond to your feedback as well we will we will respond there as well and um, it, it, it creates a really great community of doctor who fans and podshock listeners so mm-hmm. once again um, go to the forum section you 'll find that on the top of our website a link to the forum and um, and and please post your comments mm-hmm. so um, and, and speaking of which Natalie has um, who is a regular on our forums has posted a feedback message concerning our last episode, potchock number seven, and um, she writes this um, just finished, just finished listening to the new episode, and I really enjoyed it. I started listening with episode three, and I will go back and do the first two when I get a chance. Uh, I really enjoyed all of them. Each has seen improvements all around, but the newest one is my favorite so far. The pace of the show was really good, and you covered a lot of different things quite nicely. I really like hearing Chris's review of The Clockwork Man, a <clears throat> very good review, and his rating system definitely rocks. Sounds like a good <laughs> rating system to adopt um, if he doesn't mind you borrowing it. Keep up the good work, guys. Natalie. So, and yeah. in fact <laughs> we are adapting it chris <laughs> Hope do you, you don't mind? mind
0: mate <laughs> email us if you do and we'll we'll track that
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great system we all love it and obviously the fans love it too the the or the listeners i should say um so um good job chris and um thank you for, so much natalie for uh, listening and um and for con- contributing your feedback we do appreciate it um in that same thread we also have um feedback from Satya Sticks, and uh, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing your name. Uh, um, The message reads, um, I just finished listening to Podshock Number 7 today, and I had one comment. I don't think any of the TV series in the USA now go 24 episodes like they used to. I think they only produce 14 or so like cable. Um, And this is um, a comment going back to our last episode where we spoke about a possibility on why the new series has not been picked up in the U S as of yet. And one of the theories is that, um, there's not enough episodes in the can, so to speak to, um, to incite a network to pick it up and play it, uh, because there's only been 13 episodes and, um, of the series, um, you know that's been produced and maybe they're looking to have like 24 or 20 episodes or something like that to go on you know and maybe they're waiting for season two to be complete before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um picking it up as an option to show and um you know it's, it's still a possibility what um what this message is saying is that uh, many networks especially on cable like the sci-fi channel will only show well like 10 episodes and call it a season they're doing that with battlestar galactica right now with season two um, and then they just finished with the season finale this mm-hmm. past Friday and now January they're going to pick up where that left off and count that as another season so yeah the, I'm sorry James
0: it's alright mate there's, there's also a possibility that I've been running through in my mind is that um, obviously with the Christmas invasion coming through uh, obviously at Christmas time it's a distinct possibility in my mind that if statistics is right if they're only going to de- produce 14 on cable then obviously we've had 13 so far and the Christmas Invasion will make it 14. Maybe in December or November time, what they'll do, the Sci-Fi Channel or whoever, maybe even BBC America will broadcast... The new series of Doctor Who, and then follow on to that the Christmas invasion because in theory they could do that that would mm-hmm. that would that would work, and it would get the fourteen episodes, or maybe as you say they, they are um waiting on i mean until they 've got enough volume of, of maybe twenty six uh, that 's going to be thirteen plus thirteen and and maybe make it twenty seven with the the Christmas invasion because um, hopefully that won't be they could always maybe cut that out if they needed to um and just have it as a a special on the dvd or something um
1: yeah i mean this could be a decision made by the bbc you know where they they, because we don't know how aggressively they're you know trying to market the new series in the Mm -hmm. u.s and maybe Mm -hmm. they feel compelled to wait until they have more to offer in the u.s markets i mean i don't know
0: right well you know i i we've talked about this many times before and i do think that it's it's really crazy that the bbc has is very recently i mean it's it's not been out there as, as for long as far as i'm aware have got this fantastic uh channel bbc america on cable and satellite um on direct tv particularly and they've, they've not uh, they've not chosen to showcase their brand new fantastic series of uh of doctor who which they could do because it's their own channel which they own and you know have the rights to it so perhaps they will do it in the future i mean to be honest i don't really care uh, where it's broadcast i mean obviously i'd love it to be on terrestrial but mm-hmm. i really don't think that's going to happen because they probably don't have the uh, the the money to to do that and it, particularly if it, if particularly what happens in the uk with the us shows Um, All the popular ones like Battlestar Galactica, the sci-fi, is that um, the cable or satellite networks have the more money, so they end up buying it over the the terrestrial shows, and the terrestrial shows have have to wait six months to a year in order to show something, because uh, they're relegated to later, and and obviously the cable and satellite viewers are more privileged in terms of uh, watching it first,
1: so... Well, let me pose pose a question to our listeners. Um, I know there's a very popular series that was on BBC America called The Office, and I was watching it, and I I, I was a real hoot. I love it. Um, But I caught it in the middle of its um, run on BBC America, and I know they showed all the seasons there, but their seasons are relatively short as well, and I'm just curious Mm -hmm. on whether or not the BBC – america waited until um there was enough to show or did they show i mean did they show it simultaneously as it was in the uk or um i'm kind of curious about that if they kind of waited until there were you know until like all the seasons were seasons were completed and they had you know enough to fill their programming requirements
0: well as far as i'm aware i mean um i'm I've not been a huge fan of The Office, I must admit. The only, the only reason for it is is that uh, I've worked in many offices, and uh, I know how true um, it is that uh, – that how true The Office is in the office environment, and it just makes me cringe how how real to life the comedy series is.
1: <laughs> that's what makes it funny. <laughs> yeah, that's,
0: that is what makes it funny, but it just makes me cringe, to be honest. Um and uh, so yeah I, I, as far as i'm aware that they weren't broadcasting at the same time on the on the uh, the bbc as they were on bbc america um probably but that was you-
1: that's another example of, of a show that was very popular on bbc america so much so that there was an american version that was made much to my chagrin um uh, i mean at that, that the the american version you know i only saw one episode of it but um i'm not saying you know it was bad or anything i'm just saying just show the real McCoy show, the real British show, and don't you know we don't need to you know make an American version if the real thing is already out there.
0: So that's very interesting stuff uh, and uh, great discussion there. But uh, yeah, as always, uh, with the feedback, do um, do email us. You know all the email addresses by now if you've been listening through. Um, so yeah, but uh, following on from that, um, we've put out a prayer mail uh, a few times on the on the net. It's been on our RSS feed. And we've been very priv- privileged to have certain people play it on their podcasts. And uh, I'd like to mention um, a guy called Steve Lacey, who's over in the U.S. He's actually a Brit living in the U.S. in in Washington. And he does a, a great podcast called A Brit Abroad. You can check him out at steve-lacey.com. And uh, he very kindly played uh, our promo on, on his show. Uh, he's an excellent chap. And uh, I feel that we feel... Duty, duty bound to do the same so uh, here's his latest promo from, from his site so check it out can we say one, one. two oh, it's, we're talking to the people we're talking to the people don't you want to say hello to
2: the people Hello. yeah how can you say podcast
3: dang those brits are podcasting again that's the fact yeah. almost live from kirkland washington it's a brit abroad with steve lacy
2: Hey, this is Steve Lacey from Bread Abroad And the builders work fast here Oh do you know what They don't do tea breaks like they do back home Yeah it's astounding Yeah enough of that Back to Montana that was, <laughs> Montana was grand
3: Do you that was the first time It was, it was kind of interesting when we were in were there, it was like, there were guys with like cowboy hats on, and I was like, they get to wear them because they're actually cowboys,
1: right? Yeah, they're not fronting.
2: like the kids would say.
0: Okay, all, all American companies doing business in the UK. That's all. Oh, of she,
2: she could just do PR for me in a really small skirt for fun. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> you are listening to a Brit abroad. He's British, and he's not in Britain. That that's why it's a good name. See. So come and join this Englishman living in the Pacific Northwest of these United States as I rant, rave, wax, lyrical and play some fine music.
0: You can find my blog on the web and subscribe to the show at wwwsteve lacycom And don't forget, you can find this and other
2: fine British podcasts at www.brickcaster.com.
0: See ya! And, uh, yeah, that, that's great there. So, uh, if you've got the time, check it out. I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy it. If you, if you like British podcasting and, uh, he, he's a great guy and, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's in, he's a bit geeky like we are and inter- interested in technology. He actually works in IT. So, uh, it's, it's cool. very cool. It's very cool. We have a guy here called R. Francis, who's uh, known as Random Smith. And, uh, he, he sent us an email over, um, Saying that he played our pr- promo in uh, on Sturgeon's Law episode eight, which is obviously a, a similar lines as, as the Brit Abroad, uh, and he posted it uh, way back on the uh, 25th, or 24th, I should say, of September, um, and. Uh, he, he 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 talks about Doctor Who, and I've listened to it myself. And he says that it's somewhat sap, uh, a sappy. Advocate that everyone should watch Doctor Who, but I completely agree with him, and he covers it in a in a very great way. And his podcast is known as Sturgeon's Law, which can be found over at uh, www.sturgeon'slaw.com. So yeah, check it out. He's uh, he's I've only listened to one of his shows, but. Uh, it seems very well done and uh, certainly worth listening to. So, yeah, check those guys out if you've got the time.
1: And thank you so much for playing our promo and promoting PodChalk, and um, we're really appreciative of that.
0: Yeah, we really do. And if you want to to do the same, then uh, if you've got a podcast, then you'll find the promo over at uh, on our RSS feed, I believe, at
1: the moment. Is that right, mm-hmm. Louise? That's correct. And um, there's also a link to it on our website as well.
0: Oh, good stuff, good stuff.
1: Well, I think that. So- that about wraps yep. it up for the it show it certainly does yes and um for myself Louis Trapani, and uh, the fabulous james norton across the pond
0: <laughs> you flatter <laughs> me sir
1: and unfortunately <laughs> and, um, uh,
0: poor ken who can't be with us today because he's on assignment hopefully he'll be here with us next week fingers
1: crossed yes and uh, one final word from mr baker
2: oh come on i can't do that they're not half which you're talking to
0: good show okay (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening everybody
1: take care guys cheers bye
2: for now bye bye
1: been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan run Doctor Who is owned and copyrighted by the BBC Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock you can email us at podshock at if you haven't guessed Tom Baker was not involved in the recording of this episode